Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Trevor Baker is entitled, Fireproof Your Life. We want to invite you to our next conference, The Prophetic Voice, from the 19th to the 21st of September, with guest speakers Julian Adams and also our very own Trevor Baker. Register your place at our website, www.revivalfires.org.uk. I was filling up a... Um, tractor tire with air this week. It was flat. They're big tires. And uh, we were pumping this tire up. And, uh, and as we, we wanted, um, I think it was something like 28 PSI. That's pounds per square inch. That's the pound of pressure per square inch. And, um, and so we were putting it in, and then my brother-in-law said to me, Trevor, Trevor, stop, stop, stop. Because I wanted to get that stuff in, you know. He said, stop, stop, stop. The tire is split in um, one area. If we put any more in, this thing could explode. And I'm thinking, let it explode. Huh? <laughs> Let's have some fun. Huh? And... Uh, But you see, all of us, all of us has a personal strength indicator. That is the pressure that you can face in your life. And some of you here this morning may be facing pressure that God has not got you in. Therefore, you need to get out of it. Others of you are in pressured situations because God is strengthening you and it's an indication of what you're going to come into. Amen? And so here every one of us faces life's pressures, life's difficulties. Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians 11, I think it's verse 25. He says, no trial has overtaken you such as is common to man. But God is faithful and will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. But with the trial, make a way for you to escape. For you to come out from underneath it. You see, none of us can be in a place of pressure continually. And if you've been in a place of pressure more than three months, it isn't God. That's a season. And so seasons come and seasons go. But if we're stuck in a place of pressure... And we've been in that place of pressure. The good news is God is going to get you out. He will make a way for you to escape, for you to come out from all of those things. Listen to some of these verses here. God knows how to rescue the godly. Give him praise for that. That's his word. Here's another one. He is able to quench the fiery power of the fire. That is God's able to go, and out it goes. In a moment. Can you see? Also, it says in Luke 21, that was Hebrews 11.34, in Luke 21, It says here, not one hair of your head will perish. Now I'm looking at some men. And you haven't believed this word. All the women have. Hallelujah. Praise God for godly women. And so here... You know, Jesus, he took three people into the garden because he couldn't deal with pressure on his own. And it says that there in Luke 22, it said he sweat 
great drops of blood. That's pressure. That is such pressure, intense pressure that you're under that the blood vessels in your brow begin to burst. And with the sweat, it becomes mingled with the blood that is burst in the blood vessels. And, and so that is pressure. We have not had to endure that type of pressure. Jesus went in with the three disciples, James, Peter, James, and John, and said, would you watch with me just one hour while I go into this place of pressure? Because he wanted support. Listen, we will never get through life on our own. That's one of the points I want to tell you. If you're trying to get through things on your own, that's because you're proud and arrogant. And proud and arrogant because you will not allow someone to see the weakness in your life that you're under and therefore you won't come into that place of humility. See, humility brings with it strength. And when we do not humble ourselves, is what happens, is that we can become proud. I was with um, my, my brother in law at his farm two weeks ago. I've got a picture, I'll show it one week. And it's with weeds and wheat. I could not believe it. I was drove into the farm and I'm looking at this field. And uh, just a little aside here. Can we all welcome little Mila, Pearl, Juliet. She's a first, a first morning in church. Come on, let's give, let's give Ellie's baby a little big, big hand. Go on. You can do better than that. So it's her first Sunday in church. We pray blessing on her that it may be one, the first of many Sundays throughout the rest of her life in Jesus' name. And, um, and so here, I was looking at this field and there were these weeds and they were standing like this, bolt upright. Then you looked at the wheat and they were bent, bowed down. I felt the Lord say, that's the difference with allowing weeds to grow. It will make you proud and arrogant, but wheat will bow you in humility. I'll show you the picture. I mean, it, but you see, God doesn't want us to go through things on our own. That's why he's put us in a body. That's why we've got life groups. I want us to look at how we Go through. How can you fireproof your life? And I was looking at, I was looking at all the things you see. Because fireproofing means that you are anticipating the pressure of fire. Listen, the enemy knows the fires to put around your life. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Hallelujah. And so here, you know, no temptation, no trial, because that's the difference, you see. You can use the word temptation as the same as trial. No trial. What trial are you going through? It could be financial. It could be your marriage. It could be your place of work. It could be your age. It could be your children. It could be your financial situation. It could be your next door neighbours. But what trial are you going through? through because God wants to fireproof your life so that you're able to go through it and to come out from the pressure knowing that God has done his glorious work in your life which I spoke on last week which that is from Psalm 4 verse 1 God has enlarged me when I was under pressure hallelujah there is an enlargement that comes from being under pressure, not a diminishing. 
You know, um, Sharon and I were singing a song this morning, an old hymn. And um, when you go, when through fiery trials I call, thy pathway shall lie, my grace all sufficient will be your supply. The flame will not hurt you. I only design the dross to consume, the gold to refine. We need to sing some of those hymns again. Why? Because they carry truth. Can you see? The gold to refine, the dross to remove. See, what is God doing? Is He removing or refining? If he's removing, you say, God, get it over quick. I am not one of these people that likes prolonged pain. I'm one of these people that get it, get it over and done with. You know, whatever it is, get it over and done with. And, um, but refining, you see, that just goes on and on. You think you're there and God says, you know, there's more of my glory that needs to be radiated from you. And so you go through those things. But what is it in your life that has brought the pressure? Because you can't keep staying there. You have to find a way out. Do you know why? God says. Not me. He knows how to deliver the godly from the fire. It says in that passage from 1 Corinthians 11, 25, it says there, but God is faithful and he will make a way for you to come out from under it. That's the same as escape. You come out from that place. You see, and all the time you read through scriptures, God always wants us to come out. And when we come out, we come out better than we went in. Hallelujah. And so here this morning, dealing with life, finding, fireproofing our lives. And I was reading through and saying, God, where's, where's the passage? And I couldn't get a better, a better truth to bring revelation than from the um, fiery furnace of Daniel. And yet the fiery furnace of Daniel 3 starts in Daniel 1. Because you can't get to 3 without 1. And so often we go there and we look at the furnace and we can bring the truths out. Yes, it's, you know, going in, not bowing down. But we go into these places and we, we see the one who is with us. But there's a reason why he's with them. And if you don't read chapter 1, you'll never understand chapter 3 because you'll think God's not showing up. Well, there's a reason He may not be showing up and that is because there's something in us that He's wanting to do before He's wanting to deal with the situations around us. That's the furnace. I wrote this. When the fire of passion within you is greater and more intense than the fires of pressure around you, passion will always consume the pressure. Just which fire is it? See, you can have the fire of circumstance or you can have the fire of passion. See, John the Baptist said it like this. Here's another 316. You all know John 3.16. Here's another Luke 3.16, which says, After me comes one who is more powerful than I, the sandals of whom I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You can't say fire. You have to say fire. Fire isn't one of those elements that has energy. Have you seen a fire that's got energy? You know, you can't just say fire, you know. I mean, and so he, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, the thing is this, when he baptized them, 
there was tongues of fire. But from that point, we don't read anymore that when they walked around, there was a sort of flame of fire on their heads following them. Oh, there are the fire people, you know. Oh, we know who the, they're the, they're the, look, they've got the tongues of fire. It was one of those experiences that we don't seem to see it ever repeated again because once the fire has consumed you, it doesn't need to consume you again. Hallelujah. Just has to say, how much has he consumed you? Huh? How much are you free? Oh, you're getting it this morning. You see, in this and I've, I've said nothing to do with culture. We need to be very careful with culture. And I might touch on that in a moment. But you see here, as you come, see, when you forfeit the fire in you, you extinguish the presence of Jesus around you. You see, when, when you have not got the fire within you, you'll forfeit his presence. And there's things that will put out the fire. See, many of us, many of us carry, carry asbestos around us. Do you know the asbestos blanket you have in your, in your kitchens? If there's a fire, you throw the asbestos blanket on and it consumes the fire, puts the fire out. Many of us have got asbestos around us. There's a book called um, Through Gates of Splendor. And it was the missionary who went to the Alka Indians. And um, as he took off the one day to break into this whole group of people in the, um, in the uh, islands of Indonesia, he got onto the shore and is, he'd been spending 28 years of his life preparing to go to the unreached peoples. He walked onto the beach and as soon as he set foot on the beach, he was struck down and speared to death by the Alka Indians. James, I forget his second name. Anyway, the, the thing is this. In his diary that morning, he wrote these words. God, fire is transient. It's got goosebumps as I'm saying it. He said, God, fire is transient short-lived God grant me freedom from the dread of asbestos within two hours of writing that he had laid down his life for the Alka Indians he was a flame that burned for a while oh there's another one isn't there the flame burned for a while it says in John 5 John was a lamp that burned for a time there was also two men in Oxford who lit a lamp. Latimer and Ridley. And Latimer turns to Ridley, two young men. They'd only started preaching the gospel, but they weren't supposed to because the state religion said you, you couldn't do it within the three-mile limit. And that is, a parish has a three-mile radius to it. And if you're not part of the state church, you can't step into that place and preach the gospel. But these two men, Latimer and Ridley, did. And they were taken to Oxford. And in Oxford, they were sentenced to death by burning at the stake. And as the flames began to rise up, Latimer said to Ridley, play the man, dear Ridley, because by God's grace, we shall light a fire in England that will never go out. We are here today because a fire was lit. You see, when the fire is in you, it is greater than the fire around you. When you haven't got the fire within you, forfeit the fire of His presence with you. God wants you to know His presence will go with you. Nothing that you are going through that God will not set you free from. Hallelujah. Give Him praise this morning. I don't know whether I'm going to get through all this this morning. But you see, God wants to open up a way. 
And we can often go to that passage in chapter 3 and we can look at all the things that are going on there. Listen, these are some of the things that even state religion will say to us. We need to be very careful in these days. We need to be very careful in these days who we're following. Because I am not following Boris Johnson. I am not following Jeremy Corbyn. Even though he might have JC. But let me tell you this, we need to fix our eyes upon Jesus. And in fixing our eyes upon Him, it is an onus on us to pray for our leaders. I believe the next best thing to a theocracy that is God ruling is a democracy. We have to start standing up. You see, there was... One man who had three friends and he stood up. Turn to Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. And it says there, And Daniel resolved in his heart not to, help me somebody, defile himself by the things from the king's table. Listen, everything on the king's table had already been sacrificed. A first fruit of everything that was on his table had been sacrificed to idolatry. Every single thing on his table. So you take anything from his table and you are entering into idolatry. We need to start looking at our lives afresh, church. We need to start looking at what goes in here, what goes in there. I was listening to Todd White yesterday. Todd White, not Todd Bentley. And let me just say this again. My association with Todd Bentley has ceased. Until he comes to a true place of repentance. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you are blessed. I'm talking about Todd White and he was saying we need again to look at what we allow through the gates into our lives. And I've said to the Lord, Lord, I'm stopping running. I'm stopping hiding. I'm coming out. I'm coming out into the full radiance of your light. Deal with anything that you need to deal with because I'm surrendering. And it's interesting that that's the worship of this morning. That's what I've been walking through all week. You understand? Just saying, God, we need, we need a new place, a new fire in our lives. And you see, this man, Daniel, it said he resolved. See, he resolved not to defile himself by the things of the king's table. Let me just get from the food and wine. And he asked the chief officials permission not to defile himself in this way. Listen, before permission comes, resolve of heart comes. See, before you practice, you have to come to a new place in your heart. Because if you try and practice it without resolving issues in your heart, you just become legalistic. And anybody who's not doing what you're doing, you will criticise and you will point the finger at. See, that's not what I'm doing this morning. What I'm doing this morning is giving us some clear direction. I do not know who this people's vote is. I do not know who this people's parliament is. I do not know who this people's protest is. It's like somebody said, do they squirrel people in at night in order to vote on these things? Who are these people? See, we need to come back to the start, when it all began. Do you remember the passion that flowed through your lives? Listen, I've been a Christian now 46 years. I still need to revisit that place of passion of the first time I asked Jesus into my life, that my life became wild. Talking about speaking in tongues, I would walk around all day long talking in tongues. And only those in the Spirit would know what I was talking about. (laughs) But you have to look at those things. See, God will make a way. But you see, that way comes from this. You see, those who have influence 
over us once you've made resolve will act favourably to us. See, we think, we think, well, if we say who we really are, people will not be favourable to us. And so what we do, we hide who we are. And we can all do it. We can do it to our neighbours. Some of us have got pressures from our neighbours, haven't we? And so here it says, now God had caused the official to show favour. Now the thing is this, this official was putting his neck on the block because of what they would resolve in their hearts to do. But he still, God still calls them to act favourably towards them. And it says here, but the official told Daniel, I am afraid of my Lord the King who has assigned you food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other men? The King would have my head because of you. You see, but God gave Daniel a strategy, tact, physical handling of the circumstances. See, we just need to be open to how God speaks to us with regard to the circumstances. He didn't say to them, don't give us any food. He said, don't give us that food, but give us this food. And then after 10 days, some of you within 10 days, God, through this message, you're going to go through 10 days where God is going to deal with the things in your heart. And in dealing with the things in your heart, you're going to come into a whole new place. Mark it down. The pressure that you're under, you're going to come out from. I told you seasons are going to end. You need to start marking it down. Start living according to God's word. How can a young man, how can an old man purify his ways? By giving heed to your word. Psalm 119 verse 9. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. Some of you need to get hold of that again. Because you've listened to every other single voice that there is instead of listening to the voice of God. Come on. That's just how it is. And when you listen to the voice of God, He will make a way. Why? Because He is the way. He is the truth and He will give you life. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you might have life. But you have to walk in His way. Are you with me this morning? Because we are going somewhere. We are coming into a new place. We're coming into the place where the shackles have gone and we are free. Hallelujah. Free in your own personal life, free in your marriage, free in your work. Why? Because God wants to promote you. Hallelujah. And so here, here the third thing, strategy, practical handling of circumstances. Third thing is God made him flourish on a diet in 10 days. Some of you need the diet of God's Word for 10 days and see how you flourish. That's all it took. It didn't take a whole season. It took 10 days. One week plus three. And they were in a totally different place. He made them flourish. Their face looked differently. They were different to the others because they'd lived by the strategy that God had given. Is anybody with me this morning? Does anybody need to hear this message this morning? Come on, because we're coming into a new place. You have enlarged me when I was under pressure. Psalm 4 verse 1, memorize these words. And so here, I'm fighting the time. Feel like, what's his name? Canuke. Pushing back the time. And so here, God made them flourish. It says, listen to what it says. At the end of 10 days, they looked healthier. Let me tell you, you're going to look spiritually healthier in 10 days time. You really are. You're going to come into this place and people are going to say, wow. You know, it says they looked healthier, better nourished. Do you know why? God knows how to provide a table in the wilderness. Hallelujah. And it says better nourished. 
than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine and they were to drink and he gave them vegetables instead. Can you see? There was a change. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about having vegan diets or vegan diets, whoever you say it, I always say vegan. You don't say Las Vegas. You will say Las Vegas. <laughs> Just so I put it out there and get it right. You need, you need to talk properly too. Yeah. But and I, I'm talking about I'm talking about spiritual food. I'm talking about the food of God's word. I'm talking about feasting upon Jesus, as Mike Bickle said. We don't fast food; we feast on Jesus. See, some of us need to get back to that feasting upon the presence of God. And as you feast on the presence, something happens inside you, and as it happens inside is what happens, there is a radiance that people see. Hallelujah. And then God made them flourish. And then the fourth thing, they humbled themselves to those over them. That is, they didn't go against the leaders who were over them. In your place of work, God has put those there. We need to start praying for your leaders in every strata of society. Start praying for them. Asking God to bless them. Tell them that you're asking for great increase on their lives. See, when was the last time you spoke to your, the people in your place who are over you and blessed them? See, they blessed them. They humbled themselves. They did what they said they would do. You see, that's humility. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and he will raise you up. Amen? So here, this is what they were doing and so in this place see what you're going through see whether it's a process or whether it's pressure if you're going through something let me tell you you're coming out you put these things into place in your lives and God will bring you to the place where you flourish it's it they looked healthier and better nourished hallelujah come on don't you want to look healthier, spiritually healthier, have, have a MOT of God? See, so, so what, is, what is your personal stress indicator? See, what is it? We've all got them. See, if you put too much pressure in, see, that's not God. You'll explode. You'll become useless. See, that's what happens with pressure and stress. But when you're able to deal with the pressure and come out from underneath it, you look nourished and you look healthy. Come on. This is what God has for us. And so for us this morning, you see, flourishing in the midst of the fire. See, the thing is, second thing is this. Who are you going through with? You see, Daniel didn't do this on his own. See, he didn't go through this resolve all on his own. See, what Daniel went through, he got others so connected to him that they wanted to go through him also with it. And it says here, listen to what it says. If you're looking at me, you think, well, it says it's about that. No, listen to what it says. So these four young men, God gave them knowledge and understanding in all types of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand all visions and dreams. And then it says here, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them 10 times better. Every day of their fast was making them another time better than all the other people around them. Come on, listen, there is some stuff here that we need to get hold of. It says he made them 10 times better um, than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. And Daniel remained there until King, the first year of King Cyrus. Do you know how long that was? 70 years. That's a lifetime. Huh? That's a lifetime. He went all the way through. Nebuchadnezzar, he went all the way through. And listen, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a good man at all. Let me tell you this, 
but he was an instrument in God's hand. And the thing is this, what man, what man, whether he be a king or whether he be a, a demigod, would get a man and his sons, bring them out from their place of um, home and their place of dwelling, their whole um, national identity, and before his sons, kill his sons by taking off their head and burning them afterwards. And then the last thing that he would ever see because he pulled the eyes out of his socket straight away. Listen, that's what we're talking about. That's what Daniel was facing. It wasn't, it wasn't just this, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, he had made the big idling. This was the type of despot that he was. And that would be the last thing that a father would ever have etched upon his memory. Listen, we haven't got that bad yet in the world, that we're, but we're nearing that place. Do you understand? We're nearing that place. I saw a picture this week where you can inject somebody to take their lives and everybody protests in the prisons of America and yet every day there are hundreds of thousands of baby having, babies having an injection in the womb in order to terminate the pregnancy. Something's wrong. And we need to start waking up. As a church, we need to wake up to these things and stop pandering towards, well, it's okay, it's not so bad, you know, well, you know, the difficulties that people are coming into. No, it's there because if they're outside of marriage, it's immorality. And listen, immorality will always produce pressures. Didn't get many amens there. And so here, who are you going through the pressure with? See, choose your companions well. Choose relationships well. So that relationships are real. You know, the leadership here, leaders that we've had relationship with years, people like Terry and Margaret, you see, we chose relationships well. You know, there's people like Ryan and Anna, not because they're our son-in-law and daughter, but we chose them well because of who they were, what they carry on their lives. Looking at Sheila and Darren, looking at Gary and Hannah, looking at Tom and Lumi. And I could go round here and the people who, even in the times of pressure, still stay with you. Do you understand? That is when you choose your companions well. Because let me tell you, we all have feet of clay. You can easily see all of the things that need to be sorted out, but that will never get you through. See, I believe that we need to come to a place again. Choose your companions, your friendships really well. Choose them so that they're real. Choose them so that you can be real, straight down the line. See, that's the thing where you don't hold back and you don't bellyache and whinge and it's not like that and it's not like this. Listen, when somebody tells you, just take it on board. As I say, I'm not one that likes. I, I don't like my teeth being pulled. And if they are going to be pulled, I like a lot of anaesthetic. Sometimes we just need to get stuff out that's got stuck in the back of our teeth. Do you understand? The little things that just stay there because we do not do the deep cleaning that's there. And then when we don't, it will poison the whole of our body. Come on, church, this morning. Stay with me here. You see the relationships that you keep will cause you to go through the pressures so that God can promote you. See, that's the whole thing. You have enlarged me when I was under pressure. You may have it in your Bible. You've enlarged me when I was in distress. It's the same root word, pressure. Something has been pushed, forced upon you. 
until what needs to break out, breaks out. Do you understand? Listen, I remember, I remember as a boy, I had a thorn in my finger. And it swole up. I mean, I wouldn't let anybody touch it. You know, but it was getting worse. And uh, my mom wanted to put a poultice on. Remember those things, poultices? Remember them? You know, bread and milk and boiled and stuck in bandages and wrapped around you. You know, that's what they call them, poultice. I mean, listen, I didn't like that. I, I crossed that one off my list. You know, that's why our girls never had a poultice. <laughs> I, I learned the poultice lesson. Don't do it. You know. And then my mom said, but we've got to get that, we've got to get that thorn out. And I'm thinking, no. And she said, but we've got to. And I said, okay, how are you going to do it? She said, well, I bought a box of Maltesers. That was the only time, I think, we had enough money to spend on buying a whole box of Maltesers for a six-year-old boy. But she bought a box of Maltesers. Not a little packet, a box. And she says, while well, I am... See, these words, see, Paul, it, it doesn't sound good, does it? Yeah, Lancing. Do you like that word, lance? I mean, just the mention of it is going to make you think, oh, there's pain coming. Well, yes, pain will come. You know? And so, there it was. And she said to my other sister, you can't eat any of the Maltesers until we're done. And so, her job was to keep putting Maltesers in my mouth. <laughs> so that, see, my mum was wise. Because, see, it took my mind off what was going on here. Because I'm looking at them. Keep feeding, you know. Feed me, feed me, feed me now, you know. And so they kept putting them in. I was going to make sure there wasn't one Malteser left for any. I was going through this for a reason. And you see, but the thing is this, it was out. But I couldn't do it on my own. There had to be others who were with me to help me deal with it. And you see, there's times that we need to be like that. It says that words spoken by a friend are like choice Maltesers. <laughs> choice morsels, choice food. Can you see? That's what the scripture says. And my mother didn't even know the Bible that well, but she knew that. And so here, let me get to this point. Because here, as they have prepared their hearts. See, people favorably disposed towards you because you've resolved things in your heart. Resolve it today. The resolve is this, God. I resolve to no longer defile myself. I resolve to live a life of purity. That's all. Not, I resolve to practice. I resolve in my heart. See, it's a heart issue. It's not a practice issue. It's a heart issue. When you've got the heart right, the actions will be right. So get your heart right. And listen, there's only one who can deal with your heart, and that's the Lord Jesus. It's only he can deal with our heart. And he says, he'll take stony hearts out and give us soft hearts he will take that which is not part of you to give you a new heart that becomes part of you hallelujah and it becomes pliable and so here you see God wants to promote you see assign you a daily amount of food so you get wisdom trained for three years so that you get understanding. And then you then move to enter into a new place with God. See, here they are in the fire. And in the fire, they're bound. And in the fire, the fire's heated seven times hotter. Listen, over the next ten days, things may get a lot hotter for you. You don't hear many preachers preaching that. 
but situations could get a lot more difficult. But stay with God. Go through it. Why? Because you will find that there is one in the midst that you never knew was there. And in seeing him, can you see, you enter into a new place of freedom. You see, the pressure was always to promote you. You see, in the fire, things happen. In the fire, your hair's not singed. In the fire, your clothes are not scorched. In the fire, there's no smell. And in the fire, all the strings that tie you are unloosed from your life. Can you see? That's what happens in the fire. I saw, I see, this is what it says, I see four men walking around. The walking around took place in the fire, not outside the furnace. So you can walk in the midst of the fire with not having to come out of the furnace. They could say to them, listen, it's okay, we're okay in here. You see, listen, it says... I've got power to let you go. Is all you have to do is bow down and worship. Bow down and worship me. That's what he was saying. And they says, we will not. Three words. We will not. Bow down and worship you. Our God is able to deliver us. And even if he's not, we will will not bow down. Can you see? Those are men of faith. See, it's not about, it's not about, you know, this easy escapism, which is so easy to get caught up in today. Oh, you can do it, it's okay, grace covers you. You know, it's, make your life easy. No, go through with God and you'll have the greatest life that there is. You know, for us this morning, as I finish, there's lots more I could go through with you. See, the purpose of our hearts is the essential issue. And the practice of purity is secondary. Get your heart right. You know, with um, Daniel and his friend, Daniel says he made a godly resolve. His friend said they had a godly, or I say they had a godly refusal. See, over this week, you need to resolve things and you need to res refuse things. That is, you need to resolve in your heart who you will stand for and who you will honor. And you need to refuse every intimidation of the enemy to bow down to something else. God has a way. And it says here, let me finish by just reading this and then we're going to pray. Here it is. Then the king, no, I can't, I can't go without reading this. It says they saw that the fire had not harmed them. Nor was their hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. God promoted them. Listen, God will always promote us when we come through the pressures of our lives. That's the reason. See, the reason you go through the pressure is so that you can come out into a new place. So that you can take on more of what God has for your life. You know, Paul says that I've been shipwrecked. I've been out in the open sea. I've been naked. I've gone without food. I've been stoned three times minus one lash. That is 39 times. And he says, and above all of this, the pressures of the church has come upon me. 
above all of that. So that meant that there was a pressure above all of that that Paul was under. And he knew the way out was to go through with. Would you stand this morning? You may be here this morning, and this may be your first time that you've come to church like this, and maybe first time you've heard a message like this. For that, I thank God for you. And, uh, and it may be that you say, Trevor, I've never really resolved in my heart the issue of Jesus being my Lord. And I haven't talked all about the sin and things like that because it's an issue of the heart. And if you're here this morning and together with me, you just say, I want to resolve the issue of my heart and I want to ask Jesus to be Lord in my life. I want you to put your hand up so I can see because I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. And for those who put their hands up, I'm going to ask you to come and join me down here. But also, there's people here that you're going through pressure. And in that place of pressure, you've even been thinking, how can I get out of this? Just come in further. Come in closer. How can I get out of this? See, I want God to go through it with you. Is there anyone here that you just under so much pressure this morning that you're just thinking, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of the situation of him. If you are, put your hand up because I want to pray for you. Thank you. Anyone else? And why don't you just come and stand over here and join us this morning down here. But go through the rest of us here as a church. Let's go through this new season together. And as we go through the new season, let's resolve in our hearts the central issue that we won't defile ourselves. And let's also refuse to bow down to anything other than the name of Jesus. Amen. Go on, give the Lord a big clap this morning. <laughs> Lift up your hands in surrender. I want to pray for everyone first. I'm going to pray for you down here. Father, I want to thank you for the message. I want to thank you, Lord, that you do fireproof our lives so that we can go through the fires with you. Lord, again, I pray for each and every one of us when through fiery trials our paths do lie. Lord, I ask that your grace all sufficient will be our supply. Thank you, Lord, that the flames will not hurt us they're by your design, the dross to consume, the gold to refine. Father, I ask that for everyone here, as we go through this new season, that there would be such a glory that's manifested. Lord, make us stronger through feasting on your presence. Nourish us through your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Give him praise this morning.